Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Dan Scarf, who is the CEO of X-Ray Glass, which is a company with a software that is turning speech into subtitles real-time via a pair of smart glasses. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, when I did my research on you, I wonder if one of your keys to success is that you know how to translate your vision in a way that moves people to want to give it their best. But what would you say is one of the reasons that you've succeeded so much? I think there are many people who have succeeded far more than I have. But <laughs> I think leadership is you know, one of the things, hopefully, that I'm reasonably decent at, at least. And, you know, leadership for me is all about inspiring a team. It's all about setting that vision, setting that destination that we want to take the company towards and to really try and corral and encourage people to, you know, join you on that journey. And people will get on and off the bus, as I often say, you know, there'll be periods where it makes sense for people to be part of that and there'll be periods where it makes sense for people to go and do their own thing but ultimately you know it's all about mapping out that destination and inspiring people to go on that journey yeah and how did you learn to do that I mean I know when I looked at your career you know you've been in leadership positions and have helped propel Microsoft Azure I think you've received several awards including in the UK an IT award for entrepreneurship category Microsoft UK country partner of the year several times. And then you also sit on boards. You're an angel investor. I mean, but but you've held many leadership positions along the way. So how did you get to know the importance of that? Yeah, I mean, for me, one of the most powerful parts of leadership is storytelling. You know, many people say, you know, always be selling. And I think you're always selling, whether it's selling to prospective um, customers or whether it's selling to prospective investors or prospective employees. It's all about how can you tell a compelling story story to those people. And that, again, is what leadership is, um, because this destination you're going to doesn't exist right now. You have to try and imagine what it will be and describe it in such a way that people can get passionate about it. I mean, with my new business that we just launched, X-Ray Glass, I mean, it didn't even exist a year ago. So you're trying to inspire people to go on this journey with you to create this, you know, life-changing technology that has the ability to impact millions of people around the world. But you're having to do that through storytelling and helping people to imagine what this product might be like, imagine the kinds of people that it might be able to help. Um, and that for me really is the, the definition of, of leadership. And that's, you know, one of the areas that I hope that I do a decent job at. Well, I can confirm because I got inspired when I heard the story about you were watching your grandfather during Christmas and he was having a hard time hearing and people feel isolated when they can't hear well. And then he was watching TV, I guess, and you saw the subtitles and then there birthed your idea. So, so you grabbed me with the story and and which is then, of course, I realized what an incredible leader you were. But how much of your success then has also been being able to think outside the box or innovating? I think that's the, the entrepreneur's lot. I think that's kind of what we do, really. I mean, we're, we're constantly looking around and analyzing things and questioning, you know, why is this done a particular way? Why is this done a particular way? I mean, even at university, I did a, a placement at a firm of trademark. 
mark attorneys and I spent six months scratching my head as to what these people actually did for all of this astronomical amount of money that they charged and why couldn't we just create a website where you could automatically register trademarks so sort of my, my first business so I'm you know constantly probing and constantly I mean in my case looking at ways that we can apply technology you know how can organizations become digital businesses you know by the application of technology at the core of what they do and obviously for x-ray you know, we are a software company so it's quite easy for us but you know all leaders I think can look and see how technology can have an impact in their sector because almost all of the innovation and you know disruption that's going to be happening over the next decade is all going to be led by technology. Well, and if I understand it correctly, I'm personally not deaf yet anyway, but X-Ray also it can function as a personal assistant. Is that right? That is right. And you may have heard all of the Ferrari over the past few weeks about something called Chat GPT. So that was a new large language model, which was released by a company called OpenAI. We actually integrated that technology into our software nearly two months ago. So we were kind of using it before it was famous, but GPT is quite incredible. Um, mm. It really is approaching sentient levels of artificial intelligence. I mean, you can sit and have a conversation with this thing and be somewhat fooled as to whether this is actually a real person or not. It's so convincing with the responses that it comes back with. Again, with X-Ray, what we've done is to take conversation histories and use that as a prompt to these models. So you can ask it things like, hey, X-Ray, can you summarize the conversation that we just had? Or, hey, X-Ray, what's the difference between a proton and a neutron? And can just sit and have conversations with this thing. So it's really quite incredible. And I think over the next few years, you know, large language models in particular are going to revolutionize almost every part of society. Well, I wish I would have had them on right now because I bet for podcast situations, it could have summarized your great tips for me. It absolutely can. And it could probably write the description for this for you so you don't even need to do that it will do all of your work for you i'm going to test that that sounds fantastic and then i also know yeah you know i speak several languages but but it also translates right correct so yeah back to sort of x-ray and absolutely one of the consistent bits of feedback that we had from our pilot users was it's all very nice that we can do these subtitles in english but there are some other languages in the world so we've now enabled first of all transcription in French, German, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, um, Korean, Mandarin, and Japanese. But also, we've then gone a step further and allowed real-time translation in and out of any of those nine languages. So you can be speaking in French and have it translated into Mandarin, or you could be speaking in Portuguese and have it translated into Spanish all in augmented reality, all in real time. Wow. Well, I have no doubt it'll continue to succeed taking this company to the next level. And then, of course, I have to ask, it sounds like everything you touch turns to gold. Did you ever struggle as a leader? Well, I mean, the first thing I'd probably say is that there's a, a huge difference between leadership and management. And I'd like to think I'm a decent leader. I consider myself to be a terrible manager. And I recognize that about myself. They are two very, very, very different skills. And people often conflate them together and assume if you're a good leader, that must mean you're a great manager. And actually, I have very different skill sets. You know, management is a lot more process driven. It's a lot more making sure that you take people through all of the various different processes and all of the various different things that they need to do, math 
map out career paths for them, you know, really help them to succeed as part of their career. I'm not that brilliant at that, if I'm honest. Um, what I am quite good, as I said, is inspiring people and, you know, mapping out that journey, telling those stories. But I've been most successful when I've partnered with someone who is a great manager and work together to build the culture of the company and to, to make it successful. But don't necessarily feel bad if you're not a brilliant manager. Uh, you know, that's something that you can augment your skills via other people. Yeah. And Dan, do you have a story of the moment you discovered you were not a good manager? Um, I don't think there was a particular event. I think it's just something that's dawned on me over the years. Um, but I'm just not particularly brilliant at that side of it. So it's just these things you learn as you get older and uh, become more honest with yourself, I guess, about what you're good at and what you're not good at. And play to your strengths. I mean, no one has to be brilliant at everything. In fact, no one is impossible yeah. to be brilliant at everything. So focus on what you are good at and then find brilliant people to inspire and support the areas that you're not as strong. Well, isn't it difficult as a leader to get feedback from people and to tell you, hey, you're not managing me well. So what do you recommend for others? How could they discover what they're good at or not good at? It's about creating an open culture, you know, where you can have grown up conversations and feedback upwards as well as downwards. People shouldn't be scared of giving you feedback. I mean, taking feedback is a great thing. Um, it all depends on how you respond to that feedback, of course. Mm. You know, it's all too easy to get defensive and think that people are attacking you and if somebody gives you feedback and you take it badly, that's the last piece of feedback they'll ever give you. Uh, whereas if somebody gives you feedback and you take it well, then they'll give you feedback again. So it's all about, again, in my humble opinion, how you receive feedback is so critical. Did you did you proactively ask them to give you feedback? Or I don't know whether you did it during performance reviews or you asked for feedback, or if you just told people, come, come tell me feedback, I'm open to it. And then they trusted it by you not reacting. I think a lot of that kind of feedback is antidotal and it's certainly not in a performance review. You know, you're going to sit down with someone and say, so give me some feedback on how I've been managing <laughs> right. you. Like, you're not going to get much out of them. But, you know, if you're out Christmas event or something, chat getting to know people on a personal level that's when you start to you know get a few of the home truths come out and people feel comfortable to give you that constructive feedback and, and what is an example of a time someone gave you constructive feedback oh i mean not setting goals for people i mean <laughs> what is it exactly that i'm supposed to be doing so i, I struggle with that a little bit sometimes it's like well can't you just figure it out yourself i mean like, well, i don't know so that's some feedback that i've been given in the past is it'd be great if you were a little clearer on you know what success looks like and you know how i'm going to measure whether i've been successful or not so that's definite feedback that i've had uh, had before a classic entrepreneur scatty disorganized so uh, again certainly had feedback in the past that a little bit more structure in certain areas would uh, go a long way um it's yeah things like that well, that definitely proves that you're safe to speak to because a lot of people think that but they don't feel comfortable telling their their leader that and if I understand correctly, at some point you actually led over 250 engineers. Oh, that was when I was 22. But yes, that was that was quite fun doing a, a rollout of uh, Windows XP. So that tells you how long ago that was to uh, <laughs> about several hundred banks across the UK. So yeah, and and typically engineers don't give feedback, right? And and I don't like to label, but in general they don't typically feel comfortable speaking up. No, no, but. Uh, wouldn't necessarily say that was a particularly uh, strenuous leadership position, but I mean, certainly .NET and then New Signature that grew to over 600 people before we sold that to, to Cognizant. There was certainly some prima donnas in 
that organization over its history, to be sure. Yes. And you made it through. So Dan, any tips for new leaders in terms of how to make it through crisis or prevent a crisis? I think one of the biggest crises, which is on almost every CEO's plate right now, is how do they avoid getting disrupted by the next tech startup? Every single company out there right now needs to start to think about themselves as a tech company. And if they don't, then they're already out of business. They just don't realize it yet. So I guess my advice to CEOs out there is don't be scared of the technology. There are so many CEOs that I speak to who are like, oh, I'll just delegate that to the CIO or to the CTO. I, I don't need to worry about dirty stuff like technology. And I say to them, you do. <laughs> like, if you do not intimately understand how technology can help you compete more effectively against all of your competitors, then you're already dead in the water. So please don't be scared of the technology. Embrace it, understand it, and figure out how it can help you differentiate in market. Wow. Well, that was a good tip to help new leaders with. So on that note, really appreciate you being willing to share your leadership experience with other leaders. And if they want to know more about your company, they can go to xray.glass, which is spelled X-R-A-I.glass. And I don't know if you want to say anything more about how you came up with the name. So XR stands for extended reality and AI stands for artificial intelligence. And that's another whole episode about what's the difference between extended reality and augmented reality and uh, virtual reality. But XR is, seems to be the generic term that everybody is uh, settling on. Very good. Well, given how innovative you are and how you see the future, I suspect that it'll be fun to have you back again because you're just beginning to spread this technology, right? Uh, yeah, we're excited to see where this technology is going to go. It's a really exciting area in general. So that the combination of extended reality and artificial intelligence is just going to blow people's minds, the possibilities over the next five to 10 years. Yes, I'm sure you'll have more than this venture in the future and you're going to continue developing what you currently started. So best wishes with the whole expansion. Thanks for having me.